taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 49, verses 1 to 6. The Servant's Mission Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord and my reward with my God. And now the Lord says, who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. The second reading is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Shall we pray together? Lord, may my mouth speak wisdom and the meditation of my heart bring understanding to awaken our hearts, expand our minds and shape our identity in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Last Sunday morning I received an email I was not expecting. It began with these words. Nearly fell out of bed this morning. What caused this person to nearly fall out of bed was the shock at listening to me say how I'd started to read poetry. 
and quoting from T.S. Eliot. It's okay to event to avoid any such repetition this week, I've warned the person beforehand to expect possibly a quote. This morning, we conclude our series for the seasons of Advent and Remembrance, exploring two of their key themes, waiting and hope. Today's message explores the theme of how to wait with hope in the uncertainty of waiting. How to wait with hope in the uncertainty of waiting. Most of us hate waiting. We find it difficult, in part because waiting brings uncertainty. We often, though, express hope in the context of expressing uncertainty. For instance, ever found yourself thinking these thoughts or saying these words in the past week or so? You find someone you know has tested positive for coronavirus, maybe a work colleague or someone like that, and you start to think, I hope I'm not going to be contacted by track and trace and be forced to isolate. Or, now it's two meter distancing in shops and you need to go food shopping, and before you go, you start to think or, or say, I hope I'm not going to have to queue too long to get into the shops. Sometimes, though, what we'll also do is then express this uncertainty and hope by thinking optimistically. For instance, ever found yourself thinking this or saying this recently? It will all be better when we get a vaccine. Neither of these scenarios describe the biblical definition of hope, which is not taken from the dictionary of life today. Hope is not defined in the Bible by uncertainty by an if or a maybe. Neither is it defined by wishful thinking or escapism or even optimism that things will get better. The biblical definition of hope running throughout all of its pages is centered upon God, of who he is and what he's done. Biblical hope is defined in terms of expectancy, of what will happen with certainty, even when circumstances seem grim, and irrespective of whether they will see their hope fulfilled. I was reminded of this only this past week. You know, in the great chapter of faith and hope, the great chapter in Hebrews chapter 11 in the Bible that describes the biblical giants of Old Testament faith and hope. At the end of the chapter that we read, even the greatest of them all never saw the ultimate fulfillment of God's promises of which they'd hoped for. For instance, Abraham never saw that great nation materialize. Moses never lived in the promised land. Isaiah never saw the new heavens and the new earth he prophesied about. As the late Catholic priest Henri Nouwen said, Biblical hope is the trust that God will fulfill his purposes to us in a way that leads to true freedom. The person of hope lives in the moment. That the knowledge and trust that all of life is in good hands without the need to know exactly what the future looks like. Hope and its other two great theological virtues, faith and love, 
are in the words of my new best friend T.S. Eliot, all in the waiting. And so to help us understand these themes of waiting and hope, and how to wait with hope in the uncertainty of waiting, we turn once more to the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Picture this scene with me to set the context. It's actually a scene we find very familiar in our world today. Maybe your world. The nation Israel is waiting in a parallel double need for salvation. There are people in bondage to their circumstantial plight of an outside force. For them, it's the nation Babylon from which they needed deliverance. And if you were watched last week, you will know that we saw that that deliverance came through the Persian Emperor Cyrus. But they were also a nation in slavery to the human condition from which they needed redemption, spiritually insensitive to God and their need for salvation of their sins. And today we read that they find the solution to their spiritual plight is through the one described here in Isaiah chapter 49 as the servant of the Lord. Today's passage is a conversation between the servant and God. By listening into their conversation in the context of Israel waiting for their deliverance and redemption, we can identify a framework to apply to our own situations of what it means to wait with hope in the uncertainty of waiting. Firstly, it's a conversation which speaks of the servant's calling. In verse 1 and verse 5, we read, The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. And later we read, The Lord formed me in the womb to be his servant. Those words are very reminiscent of the call narrative of the prophet Jeremiah. Where we read these words, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. It's a reminder in the uncertainty of our waiting. We wait with hope by reconnecting with our calling with God. Both as individuals and as a church community. Because in the words of Mordecai to Queen Esther, God has called you and me. And we are here, both individually and as a church for such a time as this. In the uncertainty of waiting, we wait with hope by reconnecting with our calling from God. Secondly, it's a conversation which speaks of the servant's equipping. In verse 2 we read, He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand he hid me. He made me a polished arrow in the quiver. He hid me away. The servant is equipped to speak with authority and presence. He speaks eloquently and with impact whilst also knowing something of the Lord's protection. In the uncertainty of waiting, we wait with hope by reminding ourselves that those who God has called, he also equips. God never calls you where he doesn't equip you. Remember the story of Rahab, or Gideon, or Esther? And likewise, God will equip you 
to play your part for what he's called you to be through this time in the uncertainty of waiting. We wait with hope by, yes, reconnecting with our call from God, but reminding ourselves that those who God calls, he also equips. Thirdly, it's a conversation which speaks of the servant's role as divine envoy in verse 3 and verse 5 once more. We read, and he said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. We may not see ourselves as divine envoys. But as the Apostle Paul would say to the church at Corinth, we are ambassadors for Christ. To be reconciled to God. In the uncertainty of waiting, we wait with hope by understanding our role is found in our identity of whose we are. You are in Christ, a child of God. God created you to be you and not someone else. In the uncertainty of waiting, we wait with hope in remembering whose we are. Fourthly, it's a conversation which speaks of the servant's trust in the Lord. In verse 4 and verse 5 we read, But I said, I have labored in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my cause is with the Lord and my reward with my God. It's a trust in the Lord formed not out of a hopeless end, but an endless hope. The German theologian Jürgen Moltmann writes, there are two forms of hope, hopelessness. The first is presumption or arrogance, where we take the fulfillment of hope into our own hands and there is no longer hope for God. And the other form of hopelessness is despair, the obliteration of every hope. But all despair presupposes hope. The pain lies in the fact that hope exists, but there appears no way for the hope to be fulfilled. For the servant of the Lord, despite the difficulties he faces in waiting for God, he doesn't become arrogant, neither does he despair. Patiently waits for God, which as both Isaiah and the psalmist remind us, is the foundation of what it means to trust in the Lord. In the uncertainty of waiting, we wait with hope by not becoming arrogant or despairing, but by choosing to trust in the Lord in our patient waiting. It reminds us that if hope is a virtue, its corresponding practice is patience. Finally, it's a conversation which speaks fifthly of the servant's mission in verse 6. We read, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. This passage is one of four in the book of Isaiah which are known as the servant songs. Taken together, they take us on a journey in which this servant is introduced before outlining his mission 
and how his mission will then be achieved through his humiliation and vindication. From the days of the prophets like Isaiah, right through the dark ages of the intertestament times of the Bible, when God seemed distant and silent and absent, many lived and waited in hopelessness. But not all. Picture this scene with me. We're in a religious building. There's a priest and a baby and the baby's parents. We may think it's a baptism. But these child's parents are called Mary and Joseph. And you know the baby's name. They're in the temple in Jerusalem when in walks this elderly man. For all of his life, as long as he'd known it, he'd been waiting with hope for what God had promised in the uncertainty of waiting. We read and we notice that he'd been quietly and patiently trusting in the Lord. We knew God had called him and through God's equipping, he faithfully lived a godly life day by day through the presence of the Holy Spirit. This day seemed no different from any other. Until now, as he enters the temple and in this moment, his, his hour, as God's divine envoy for which all his hope was founded. For this day, Simeon found himself holding God in his hands. It leads him into these great words of spontaneous prayers. Master, you are now dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. But where? We know that Simeon, we're told, is righteous. He does what God requires. We know he's devout. We know he's filled with the Holy Spirit. We know he's biblically literate. So in the whole of his extensive repertoire of Old Testament knowledge, where would Simeon turn to express the fulfillment of all his hopes and the realization of all his dreams? He recites the mission of the servant of the Lord in verse 6 of Isaiah chapter 49. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of your peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. It's in this baby, the Christ child, we find not just Simeon's hopes fulfilled, but the world's realized. Simeon saw all that he'd waited for, all that he'd hoped for, and with expectancy, the consolation of Israel, which is, if you like, a rabbinic, a Jewish teaching description of the messianic age which had its origins in this section of the book of Isaiah and Simeon saw it fulfilled in this moment in this child but now not just for Israel but for salvation for the world it means your hopes and my hopes even in our uncertainty of waiting are met in this baby for as the apostle Paul would say our only hope is in Jesus Christ his death and resurrection so in our waiting this Advent, Jesus invites you and me to gaze in wonder and hope at him once more, in him once more, the Messiah. And for you, whether it be in your calling or where you feel you need to be equipped by him or in your knowing your identity in him or in your trust in him, even in your despair to find your salvation once more in him. But ultimately, we wait with hope in the uncertainty of waiting 
by remembering our hope is in the Christ child, Jesus Christ. He is our only hope and the one in whom all our hopes are founded. Shall we pray together? O God of love, faith and hope, in our struggles amidst waiting, guide us by your Spirit to live as people who wait in expectant hope. In the name of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, in whom all our hopes are founded. Amen.